Hello there. Thanks for joining us once again. This is the uh, seventh now Silicon Sasquatch podcast. I'm uh, your host, Nick Cummings, and I'm joined today with uh, the usual suspects, Aaron Thayer. Hello. Doug Bonham. Hello. And Tyler Martin. Hopefully this will be lucky number seven. We're actually missing a podcast, technically. Yeah, that podcast exists. Let's just keep pretending that. It's out there somewhere. Maybe you can find it. We'll release it with the uh, Silicon Sasquatch All-Stars. We'll pack it in with uh, our super Actually, Sasquatch. Actually, we've, uh, we've been talking to uh, George Broussard, and it will be bundled with every copy of Duke Nukem Forever that you buy. <laughs> if you buy it used, you'll have to pay $5 to download a patch. And you can't actually access it from the menu. You have to find it in the game, and you can only listen to it while you're playing. Yeah, look for it in 2000. <laughs> so, speaking of games that will be coming out in the uh, the unforeseen future, uh, we have a list of, well, I would say a manifesto of full of titles coming out in the, just the next three months. Wouldn't that be the foreseen future? Yeah, these are games that are actually going to actually really hit retail shelves, honest to God. Some of them already have in other countries. Indeed. In the year 2010. Well, way to call me out on my diction, guys. There is no friction with the proper diction, okay? Quarter 1, 2010. What are we looking forward to, everyone? (laughs) We are... Being more broke. Well, let's see. What jumps out at you guys? Starting with January. Let's start off there. I think uh, there's uh, two games that jump out right away from me, at least for January. Um, Mass Effect 2, because I, I've, we've, as we've probably talked about beforehand, I'm massively in love with Mass Effect. Love the series. Okay. Love Bioware RPGs. And then the other one's Bayonetta. Um, I think everybody by now has played the demo, except for maybe Aaron. I have not. I haven't. It's funny you love Mass Effect since you're so terrible at RPGs. Tyler... <laughs> Time out. I don't know how you can be terrible at RPGs. I saw you play Fallout. <laughs> Was that his TV's fault, though? No. <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 start with uh, the let's start with uh, Mass Effect too, since you mentioned that. Yeah, first. I think Mass Effect is going to have a massive effect on all of us. I think Ooh. we're all anticipating it. Yeah. I I went there. Well, uh, I'm assuming Tyler, you're excited for it. You want to get the collector's edition, don't you? If only because the normal box art is just so terrible. <laughs> you mean the Running Shepherd and the it's no, the new no, one. It's it's actually uh, yeah the the NTSC one is the same as the PAL version, which now is just a sideways shepherd face and some people in the background. Oh man, we got to Photoshop that into our uh, podcast logo yes. for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's looking that's forward to it well, already. What does the uh, special edition include? Uh, I don't know. Some, some the same crap, crap that most, yeah. <laughs> probably like, pay another 10 probably 20 bucks for... DVD, maybe some art pictures, maybe some like stupid DLC you don't actually need, like some armor or a special gun or something. I don't know. It's the same crap you find you, in any special edition. Yeah. They should really try and do some more innovative things with these special editions, like a little portable Keith David soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> the that. Navy accelerates your life. <laughs> good yeah. lord I uh, I thought really? Dragon Age did a good job with DLC so I'm interested why Bioware isn't going to kind of up the ante with Mass Effect 2 it just seems kind of basic and I mean really how often I personally don't read a lot of this stuff or listen to the DVDs or watch them I think I just now remembered I had a DVD with Fable 1 that came from my pre-order, and I've never utilized it. So you're looking forward to meeting an alien who asks for your help and then says, well, if you really want to help me, you can buy our DLC for $7. In oh, that, in God. defense of Dragon Age, since that's what you're calling out, it doesn't feel all that unnatural. At the same time, it is really disarming to have someone t- like literally come into the game to sell you <laughs> additional content. Yeah. Um, did you did you buy that, Aaron? No, I didn't. Yeah, me either. Um I think, I mean, without getting off topic of a game that already came out, the reason why I brought up Dragon Age was obviously it's a Bioware game, and how much it impressed me um, about Dragon Age. I'm even more excited for Mass Effect 2 than I was just because I loved the first Mass Effect. And seeing recently, they've put out some decent trailers, character trailers like uh, Samara. Is that her name, I think? Is um, she the, the Asari. Bioware? Yeah. 
the new Asari Biotic, and then the Engineer trailer of Engineer Gameplay, which had one of the developers discussing different tactics. The Engineer actually looks way more fun than it did in Mass Effect 1 now, so they're doing a good job of promoting the game at least. For, for me, it's such a mixed bag. Like Every story cutscene I've seen makes me less excited about the game, and all the gameplay cutscenes makes me more excited. Like I'm really excited for what they did with uh, the Adept, which was my class, mm-hmm. which is crazy biotic like space wizard. Yeah. But uh, as far as the characters go, like so far, it's just really turned me off. Like the atmosphere is such a radical change from Mass Effect One. You're they're much going in a what was the opposite? renegade uh, side yeah. with the, most of the characters. You have the the Subject Zero, which got a lot of flack because it's just random. Like she bald looks like Shinedo Connor, <laughs> yeah, with um, tons of tattoos. And uh, the one you were just talking about, Samara. Did you say her name was the the Asari? Samara, I believe that's the name. Yeah, the Asari. Yeah, she's so over the top with, like... Uh, Giant cleavage. Oh, my God, yeah, just space cleavage. Uh. <laughs> space cleavage. <laughs> it must get lonely up in and Canada. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping that Bioware is going somewhere with these characters, that we find there's more to them than these sort of, like, stereotypical pr- presentation we're seeing yeah, so far. Yeah. That they, mm-hmm. Well, the- I, think, I think the first game did a good job of um, establishing a little bit more substance for the characters than I was expecting. Uh, just... Based on how they react, like they, there were a lot of instances where they would react to decisions and bring up subjects and kind of argue with each other. That I wasn't really, it was new to me in an RPG, and I'm, I'm hoping that, despite the way that Mass Effect Two is being, you know, advertised as yeah. really more more shootery than RPG than before, I'm hoping that uh, that sort of complicated uh, interplay doesn't get put by the wayside. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's I haven't seen all those trailers that I did see the Subject Zero one, but I, I think the worst thing that could happen is if this happens like with some blockbuster movies where all the good parts are in the trailers. I don't think it's going to happen to Mass Effect because Bioware knows what they're doing with the story content, but if we see all of the most content-filled stuff and all the best parts in the trailers, then it's going to be an absolute letdown. Well, one thing I'm seeing fair. now that I, we didn't see when Mass Effect was actually out was I feel like people taking sides with characters a lot more. Uh, everyone's kind of seeing now that we can we see what characters are coming back and who's not. You see people hoping that like whoever was in their party makes an appearance. Everyone's hoping for Rex. Uh, I was yeah. really surprised by the outpouring of Tali. She was a character I used throughout the game, so I was really stoked to see that she was back. But I was really mm-hmm. surprised to see how many people actually cared that she was back. Who else is back? Just because I haven't... Garrus. Garrus is back. Uh, Love Garrus. They sort of confirmed in an interview that whoever you ended up having a relationship with will at the very least make an appearance in the story, but we don't know if any of them will actually Mm -hmm. be selectable in your party. I thought either Kaiden or Ashley might be in there too, but I wasn't... Well, they they would be included in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Kaiden is probably the only character I see that was almost universally reviled. Yeah, but it was Carthonassi, yeah, which contributed say, nobody... to the hate. I yeah, like he Karth. was a tool too. Aw. well, as Sorry. a final word then on Mass Effect Two, since we need to move on to other games, I know that it is the only game I'm excited for in all of January, unfortunately. But are there any other games in January we're looking forward to? Bayonetta. Well, that surprises me because, as Doug mentioned, Bayonetta has been getting some well initial rave reviews, and the impressions I've heard from people who've played the demo is that it's uh, pretty stunning. And that it might actually revitalize the whole character action genre. Um, I think I'm the so only person think... here that's actually played both demos. They're the same demo. You told us that earlier. Well, they're, they're the same in that it's the same <laughs> sequence that you're playing. But okay, like, so at a base level, then what people have publicized already, like the huge disparities between the different versions of the game. Like they actually By got people, different scores in Neogaf. <laughs> Um, well, let's let's talk about your impressions with the latest demo then, since you've played it and you're probably in the best position to talk about it. Well, uh, what what kind of game is Bayonetta? I mean, it, it looks like Devil May Cry to me. Yeah. Except with it plays weirdness. very similarly to De- Devil May Cry. Uh, it is very similar in tone. Uh, I think it has a bit better handle on the humor. The game is somehow even more off the wall than Devil May Cry was. I mean, she's wearing an outfit made out of her own hair. Her uh, stiletto <laughs> heels are also guns. guns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and if you get a high enough combo, her hair turns into a demon that will eat your enemies. 
Yeah. yeah, or you can throw your enemies into like a, a fully functioning Iron Maiden that you then jam on like the X button. Oh god, that was glorious! And the gu- guillotine that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow, that sounds it's, pretty hilarious. Actually, like it, it sounds like it's over the top in a way that really works for the genre. It's everything Let's you want from that kind of game, where it just has oh, yeah. crazy, yeah. completely mm-hmm. destructive, really fun combos. Well, think about your favorite moments from God of War. It, I, I really doubt it was a cutscene. Well, the oh, no, but that actually has a story that makes sense. From God of War 2 was the ending of 2. I never beat it, but my favorite part from God of War 2 was finishing off that boss by slamming his head in that door. Yeah. It was like the most ridiculously brutal thing I've ever done in the game, but it was just so satisfying. And the tone's going to be way uh, really different for this game than God of War. Yeah. You're not going to find sound- a whole lot of humor in God of War. Well, the other thing with this one is so far from the demo, even just with the basic set pieces that they're showing off in it, there's a very good sense of scale. Because one of the bosses that you fight in the second half of the demo is huge. And then the first half of the demo, you're literally on like a piece of a building that's falling down a cliff. It's really, really awesome to actually see and participate in. And even if it's not like the most technical fighter-style combat system, it still has a, a deep system that is pretty fun to take advantage of. Or you can just mash on buttons and have fun. Also, I think it's the only game ever that lets you watch an enemy explode into like a cloud of blood while flying on butterfly wings. Yeah. Sounds like a Smashing Pumpkins kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if this all came from a Billy Corgan fever dream. So, <laughs> is that is that what we're good on saying about Bayonetta? We have a few more games to talk about. Is there anything yeah, else? Sure. I think I just I, oh go ahead. Just to, I guess to sum it up for January, we're we're all looking forward to Mass Effect because we know it's going to be good and we know what's back there and behind the game. You know, we've played the first one, but with Bayonetta, like it got very good scores, if not perfect scores, from Edge and from Famitsu for the Japanese version. Like. This is intriguing. We haven't heard a ton about it. It kind of went into hiding last year mm-hmm. in development. And the demo is proving to be pretty fun. So it's a very interesting development Not you know, to see how it's actually going to turn out once it launches here. One thing I'd like to cover for January that we haven't really talked about is that we see a few relatively high-profile sequels or follow-ups coming out in the month. Uh, and since Q1 of 2010 is obviously pretty big, I mean, we have a whole podcast about it, and it's coming right off of Christmas. How do you guys think these games are going to do? How do you think that we're going to see games like Mag or games like No More Heroes or even Dark Void, which apparently already has a movie deal? And Brad Pitt's production company. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I think the one that's going to stand out the best and probably sell the best is Army of Two of the 40th Day. Really? Interesting. Uh, um, I'm, I've actually, I'm probably the only person here who's played it. Yeah. Is that right? The original, yeah. 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 Um I actually really liked it. I it wasn't perfect and I but I think that the criticisms around it, you know, that it was too much of a bro fest. <laughs> I think it was a little bit exaggerated because if you know, it certainly has plenty of like stupid things that the two protagonists say, but the game itself had a little bit more of a highbrow message to deliver that kind of unfolded as you play through the game about like uh just how debilitating the role of PMCs can be in a in a in a, in a you know modern combat setting. Well, it was a little bit distracted from the other big PMC focused game that came out that year, Metal Gear Solid Four, which was the more ridiculous PMC focused. Somehow, you you wouldn't think that a game that featured guys in masks fist bumping each other while blowing people up would be <laughs> less ridiculous than Metal Gear. But okay, there we go. It shows that Kojima's at the top of his game. More <laughs> people are just so blinded. Yeah. Okay. Well, the 40th day, let me just touch on real quickly and say that uh, everything I've seen about it is that it really is working to uh, build upon the strengths of the previous game, which was that it had a really clever uh, implementation and emphasis on cooperative uh, play. And as long as the uh, the the depth of the experience and the um, th- the story both get a you know a noticeable improvement, it could actually be a very significantly good game. Like, I mean, I if it if it, if it fixes what was wrong with the first game, I would see it scoring in the high eights, low nines. Okay, February, we got, again, My, two uh, supremely high-profile games. We got uh, some relatively big uh, sequels and follow-ups and one game that probably none of us care about. My phasers will be set to avoid of the Star Trek Online game because be I can really give a crap. About. Yeah. I'm well, sure we're all buying Red Steel, too. To be, yeah, to be fair, Dante's Inferno... Now. And Red Steel 2, I'm interested to see Red Steel 2, if they've actually 
um, followed through with the promise of making the game better. Does it have motion, motion plus now? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, Dante's Inferno is such a ridiculous concept. It's gotten buzz in that you know the negative press, which was back at was it E3? I think that was something about um, trying to get people to harass booth babes or whatever and Twitter it and get a prize. Maybe yeah, and there was the whole oh, man. fake there, protesters. Yeah. And yeah. The... So there, their entire that. PR campaign has been a case case book or a textbook case study in how to not run a viral PR campaign because every single yeah. thing they've done has turned out to just flop. It's just like what Acclaim used to do, like with naming your child Turok. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's about that level of shamelessness. And I, this is going to be I another scenario like White Knight Chronicles where you have a game that has a, another game in the exact same genre that everyone's definitely looking forward to coming out less than a month later. I mean, we got mm-hmm. four exactly. weeks from Dante's Inferno. You have God of War 3 coming out. Could, like, and just a few weeks before Dante's Inferno, you have Bayonetta. Which could also be a significant. It's a nice it, little action game sandwich, right? Yeah, I think Dante's Inferno definitely lends itself to being considered more of a God of War clone than Bayonetta, though. It's yeah, those are a little well, different. Yeah, certain Bayonetta is people are saying in previews like Dante's Inferno is basically a reskinned but competent God of War. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I I just wonder, will a game like that be judged on how well it uses the source material? Because what I've seen of it. It's not using the source material at all, really. Yeah, it's using I, I, it as character names and such, mm-hmm. but it's not using it the same way that even God of War does, where it's you know, you know, these guys were actually were violent, whereas this is an epic poem that was not very violent and was almost a criticism of the Catholic Church in ways, yeah. and also criticism of contemporaries in Italy from when it was written. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't exactly lend itself to a God of War clone. This game has been. Uh, has, has had enough press by now that people know that this is not an adaptation of Dante's no. Inferno. So I don't right. think it's really going to come into play at all when it comes to reviews. No, not in terms of sales, it probably won't. But I'm, I think well, even when it comes press, down to I don't think anyone's going to... I mean, they might say, like, this has nothing to do with the book, but given that, this is how it's the going game to. I'll just say that it's going to stir up... It already has, and it will continue to stir up controversy just because of the subject matter not of the original poem that it's not even following, but the whole hell aspect and then the, the killing babies achievement and God. things like that. That oh, it's, it's going to turn into this whole media frenzy when it comes out. Of course not beforehand because the talking heads on cable news networks don't really pay attention until some distressed parent or organization gives them a call after it comes out. So... I mean, Dante's Inferno, I'm not even really looking forward to playing it. But what I am looking forward to playing in February is Splinter Cell Conviction, which I would enjoy talking about that. You're not uh, looking forward to shooting giant bugs in their glowing Wii points? I haven't. I didn't even really play the first Lost Planet, but I did enjoy the demo of two. But the reason why I'm so interested in Conviction is because I was extremely let down by Double Agent, and I am a massive Splinter Cell fan. I actually, now you can crucify me for this, but I prefer the Splinter Cell stealth action games to Metal Gear Solid infinitely. I'm just, I like the series. I've always liked what Ubisoft has done with them aside from Double Agent, and Conviction seems like it's going to be a very, very good game based on all the previews. I think the one thing stacked against Conviction right now is that Splinter Cell's stealth gameplay felt very last gen to me. It was very much trial and error. It was it's different than Metal Gear Solid I, so I wouldn't say like you could it's unreasonable to prefer one or the other. But we have seen two really good stealth games come out in the last year. Those being Batman and Assassin's Creed two. Both of which had Assassin's Creed two isn't really would you say it's a stealth game? I in parts. Well I haven't played it so I can't say about Assassin's Creed and Batman I suppose is stealth I mean that's a big part of it but I mean I'll just say as far as Metal Gear Solid 4 it really even dropped most of the stealth because when I played the game I for the first time felt empowered to run around with a high powered weapon and not hide at all anymore well that's what I think gives the edge to those games over Splinter Cell is that Splinter Cell most definitely punishes you for failing at stealth whereas yes but Batman rewards you for you choosing stealth, but if you happen to get spotted by a guard, you do not have to immediately restart from checkpoint. You I don't think see, it's I exactly would've... fair to judge the previous or to judge conviction off of the gameplay of the previous uh, Metal or Splinter Cell games because it looks mm-hmm. from what they showed at E3 that this is going to be a completely different style of game. Right. 
Well, Tyler, it, it strikes me that you're, you're, what you're describing here is um, something I would have agreed with if we were talking about Splinter Cell or Pandora tomorrow. But have you played Chaos Theory? I played it briefly on the Xbox Originals. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I think that really resolved the whole issue of uh, you must play perfectly or else you have to restart and try mm-hmm. again. Because with the inclusion of melee kills, the, the instant knife, knife kills, kill, yeah. That completely changed the... And Double Agent was a very... It, it failed in trying to balance between the all-out action and then the stealth sequences, and that's why it was a, a flawed game. But it's been a while since they've they've really been punishing you for failing at stealth, which it seems the same way with Conviction, that you can try to set up an elaborate sequence of, okay, I'm going to target the chandelier, uh, cut the rope, it'll fall on a guy, and then I will stun and... It, just looking at the videos, it seems a lot more complex, but there were times that the developers were saying, we don't want people to just be punished anymore, or in general for, oh crap, I didn't uh, sneak up behind this guy, right? You are supposed to react immediately to changes in the battlefield conditions. So that's why I'm kind of excited for it. I'm also a little disappointed that they're just going straight from the old uh, storyline, because Splinter Cell's never really had that involved with the storyline. It's a typical like Tom Clancy fair. You talk about stuff like Sam Fisher's daughter, and like th- this is stuff that's barely come into play in the storyline. But it seems like it's kind of at the forefront in this game. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to argue about it because it's not like the storyline is pretty crap. I mean, when you look at all the it's games, it's never been to the game's detriment, though. Yeah, but then I'm just saying that with Metal Gear, the storyline in that is considered good just because of how confusing it is. Where I think <laughs> it's actually not that great. And I prefer the simplicity to the Splinter Cell, and so that's the comparison. But I'm just excited for it. I'm looking forward to the really stylized elements, the wall objectives, the text on walls. I think that I I hope it doesn't get too much um, overkill throughout the game. Yeah, I I hope throughout the game. And Man on Wire, the documentary that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, it was. It's a cool look. I I I hope it doesn't become the norm because I know kind of. Mm -hmm detract from the impact of it but i think if nothing else conviction shows a whole lot of thought has gone into into revamping the series between double agent and now look at ubisoft in general how much they've changed they totally rebooted prince of persia last year they've and they're doing it again assassin's (laughs) creed 2 they really revamped one they're trying to completely redo splinter cell in a way and yeah, they're going to do another Prince of Persia game now, not like the last year's reboot. So they're really reassessing their franchises, and I applaud them of trying to make um, quality changes. And it seems like it's paid off for them so far. Far Cry Three I is almost so. is also all but confirmed right now. You've had several people talking about it, and given the changes they made in Far Cry Two, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with the sequel, especially where it mm-hmm. ends up being based. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, any other games in February you guys are looking forward to? I would assume well, Bioshock. Bioshock I'm interested 2. in Bioshock, but I have my doubts. Well, let's, yeah, that's, let's get you guys my... talking about that. I don't really have much to say on it. I'm really hoping that the multiplayer comes out great. Like They're adapting the uh, Call of Duty style of earning your way through the game, getting different perks, getting different weapons, getting different attachments. If that pays off, it could be the thing that moves me away from Modern Warfare 2 in terms of multiplayer, because I really enjoy the universe of Bioshock and the... I think it's great the way the game lets you experiment with your different powers and your different weapons. I do like how they're allowing you to combine um, powers now, aren't they? Like the different um, plasmids? Yeah, you can combine things like, you know, make fiery tornadoes out of the wind and fire ones and do other combinations like that. Well, let's just hope that if they are copying some of the Call of Duty multiplayer style, they don't have the tags and emblems with marijuana references. So we see Big Puff Daddy 420 in your uh, little sister campaign killing. So that that I hope that doesn't happen. I have absolutely. I mean, partially because I don't really play online shooters too much in the online community, like you know Modern Warfare 2 or the Halo games. But I I I've, I loved Bioshock One for the story and for how it told it and for the single player experience. And I'm really, really hoping that the second one lives up to that. I suppose why exactly. I said I didn't have much to say on 2 is because I felt that 1 was perfect as is, as perfect as it could be, and the story was so contained. I really don't want more, honestly. I'm, I'm not going to object if the game is good, but I really don't care about 2 because I was satisfied enough with 1, and I thought it was self-contained. I'm actually with Aaron on that. 
One seemingly frivolous thing I'd like to bring up, though, is uh, as much as I was ambivalent about Mass Effect 2's collector's edition, I think that Bioshock 2 is doing a collector's edition exactly how you should do one. That's yeah. true. They it, did a great looks, job with the first one, too. It looks truly special, like even more so than the first one. Like The packaging looks amazing. It and an actual vinyl soundtrack, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's something that very that? few people wow. will yeah. use, but probably more people than like Halo's helmet or... Something <laughs> like a cat so helmet. It's a really or modern warfare's night vision goggles, which I'm currently wearing. <laughs> Not really. You're, you're podcasting in the dark, aren't you, Nick? <laughs> We're all wearing our night vision goggles. I am not wearing night vision goggles, just to clarify. Um. So as far as Lost Planet Two, um, I think I never liked the first one. I heard the second one was pretty good for co-op. I hated the first the one so much. Just yeah, I think oh. it was really stupid. Some you know some good parts that were hampered by really bad design choices that kind of followed throughout the whole game. I think it kind of rode the coattails of being multiplayer and like being the flavor of the month and a half for Xbox Live at that time. It was definitely, was definitely early in the at 360 life cycles before yeah. we had any yeah. truly huge games. Yeah, it was it was when the 360 online crowd would go like from game to game every month and a half or so. Because and this was before was, you know, like, Japan even really adjusted to the next gen. I mean, this and Dead Rising were like some of the first uh, yeah. 360 games for the three for the yeah I just yeah this one came out like the spring this one came out like what spring 08 or 07 and the uh and then dead rising came out in that summer so yeah it was our generation's onimusha ah come on (laughs) i kind of liked onimusha love the onimusha series but let's not get started on that anything else in february I guess just to close out real quick, I wanted to say that I have no opinion about Star Trek Online <laughs> or Red Steel 2. I watched, actually, a friend of mine did a, a video playthrough of Red Steel 1, and I watched a fair bit of that. And I don't even care if Red Steel 2 is amazing, because that first game was so Well, so don't bad. don't sound so snobbish like that. If Red Steel 2 was actually amazing, you would you would be interested in it. Great. Moving on to March. Yes. Aaron, I love your notes here, how it says that the 360 version of Final Fantasy XIII is apparently 57 DVDs. And that was one, Nick. One PS3 Blu-ray. Or, oh, I see. Well, k- yeah, kudos that was, to that you, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. Um, just real quick before we do go on, uh, Doug was saying that Gran Turismo 5 is actually out in February, supposedly. Yeah, that's what GameStop's saying. I, w- I did a little bit of research on my own um, mm. on GameStop just to see what was coming soon, and they have it listed as February 22nd, but Lord that's knows if that's actually goal. accurate or not. Until we see a press yeah. release, I don't think that we can really count on when okay. Gran Turismo. It's definitely one of those developers that's like, you're not going to see that game until they say it's done. It's, <laughs> it's coming out tomorrow. Surprise. <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that came out in March just to get something in there for Sony, and I wouldn't have any doubt either if it slipped till April or even early well, May. Well, they do have God of War 3 coming out in March. Uh, yeah. The, the reason why I would think it would slip is for Japan because that's a series that's definitely pretty big in Japan and also if they delay it more towards April or May you can get the crowd for the uh, holidays over in Japan to get the game then mm-hmm. also uh, Gran Turismo for PSP kind of fell flat on its face and I don't think people, they, I don't think they want to see that repeated Tyler, we're talking about games that are coming out we're not going to talk about the past, okay? I'm sorry. Who even owns anyway, a PSP? You and Tyler. Oh yeah, I've been loving the shit out of Half Minute Hero, but we can. I want to try that, but let's let's. Okay, so March. I there's a lot coming, and I think we all know our most excited title or anticipated title. I think it's going to vary actually from person to person. Well, here. I'd be interested. It seems like the majority of us are going to be interested in the 57 DVDs of Final Fantasy 13. I'll actually be going for the one Blu-ray. But. <laughs> Absolutely zero interest in that whatsoever, but this is not a surprise. So three-quarters of us. 75% of our podcast crew tonight. Is the, is the March launch date uh, worldwide, or is that only in the U.S.? It's already US, out in it's Japan. It's actually out in Japan. Japan. Or it comes out next week, I think. But yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's for the U.S., and I don't know. Is, is, is it, it Europe, too? I don't think it's Europe. Probably roughly the same time, maybe a month or two later in Europe. Um. I will be getting the PS3 uh, version, but I will be letting Microsoft give me an Avatar Chocobo. Yeah, I'm down with that, too. <laughs> I certainly signed up for that as well. Whores! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, Love it. So, uh, I'm just curious. Let's let's briefly just talk about Final Fantasy XIII, because what can we say? We oh really God. don't know that much, to I'm be honest. I'm so nervous about this game. Like I, Everything yeah. about it just makes me cringe. I mean, I, That's I why love I'm the curious. Final Fantasy series. I really wanted to finish twelve. I never will. But 
Yeah, oh, I tried so hard we to. We have, well, maybe we have some plans for that, Tyler. Oh, um, God. Like, I'm, I'm just feeling, I feel bad that I'm going to get Final Fantasy thirteen out of Gamer Reflex. I'm going to pick it up just like I bought most of the, fran- like I buy every Grand Theft Auto or practically every Halo because not just everyone else is doing it, but these are big games that you don't want to miss. In Final Fantasy, I have been a fan of the series for ever since I started playing games. So, But it doesn't mean I don't really know what the hell is going on, and I'm kind of nervous too, like you are, Tyler. I, I'm just going to get it, but I'm kind of waiting with my fingers crossed. A lot of the stuff that makes me nervous is the sort of token Tetsuya Nomura touches. You got the, like... Very yeah. young cast that wears ridiculous clothing. You have the almost racist black character who's yeah, very that, token yeah. in his iconography. I and feel like I'm have, watching Dragon Ball Z or something. And just the art style. I mean, God, <laughs> like once I heard that the summons transform into vehicles, <laughs> I was just like, wow. Oh, what, what do you know? The, the, really? the lesbian motorcycle summon, the Shiva ones. Or the Ifrit hot rod. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, that sounds kind of clever. I don't know. It also like, sounds really it's, ridiculous. It's a gimmick, and I, I will admit seeing it, I thought this is not... I, I, I can't believe this. This is really stupid, and I don't normally you know, come to that much of a conclusion right away, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to play it. I just really think that that gimmick is kind of... Oh, I'm, I'm de- as long as it doesn't get panned, I'm definitely going to be playing the game, but I'm just... I you really hope that the quality lives up to what I remember, or like my rose-colored glasses for Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think the reason the series still has the legacy it does is because those games are, in many cases, pretty timeless. Like I went mm-hmm. back and played Final Fantasy VII again a couple of years ago, and it was, you know, granted the translation was still pretty uh, <laughs> janky, but it, it worked. There's and a lot of other parts solid. of Final Fantasy VII that's pretty jank too. I mean, <clears throat> oh, yeah, did like you really the enjoy games. the snowboarding? No. Man, yeah. I loved that when I was like 13. But wow. No. Um, <laughs> right um, after your but, girlfriend is stabbed through the chest. Yeah, I'm going to go to Gold Saucer. So, well, Final Fantasy 13, what else can we say if I don't I don't really know? I mean, there are some other big games coming either. out in March. and I think it I, has a lot to live up to. It's like the, the first truly major uh, next-gen uh, J- Japanese role-playing game. I think that it's Japan's like game industry as a whole is putting a lot of faith in this game. Like everyone outside of Nintendo is watching this game. It's kind of like the biggest one in that sense since Final Fantasy VII, I think, in terms of that was really an unexpected success for the Sony, point of a real and it era. helped sell the PlayStation. Yeah, this so. is. I, I think I can see the parallels to Seven because that was the end of the eight-bit, sixteen-bit era, and now we've gone through with Seven, Eight, Nine, and. 12. I think the big difference uh, now is that we've seen a much bigger push towards Western RPGs with the Mass Effects, the mm-hmm. Fallouts. Or uh, just Western uh, Western development in general leading the way towards right. the core audience. Because Japan is really all about the Dragon Quest games and then yeah. uh, Monster Hunter, and that's like it. It's going to be very Whereas weird Dragon adjusting to an time. RPG where I don't have nearly as much control over my character. Like who they are, how they play, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's still that play style, that classic style still has a lot of legs. It's I'm not, just I'm not completely it takes a big on it. There's there's it, still parts that I am excited about like the leveling system seems to be a return to the sphere grid or the job board or whatever was in 12 and the combat style looks very similar to Chrono Cross, which is probably one of my favorite JRPGs oh. of all time. Mm-hmm. Those two details alone are enough to guarantee a purchase for me. I think. Just, <laughs> I mean, granted, I am kind of buying it on pedigree alone, but yeah, I've I've never disliked the Final Fantasy game, even eleven, and I don't think I'm going to start. Did you play turn two? Tried eleven. That's a side that? game. This game actually kind of reminds me in ten two, and that the tone makes me kind of cringe, but the actual gameplay of it looks very good. Yeah. If they don't start singing pop songs, I'll be okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about um, if you know if you guys are ready to transition. Ready. Um, Bad Company Two, Battlefield Bad Company Excited. Two. Excited. Is anyone else in the beta besides me? I am. How are you liking it, Nick? Um, you know, I've only sunk about forty-five minutes into it, but and I actually am a pretty big fan of the first Bad Company online. But for whatever reason, I this isn't working for me. Um, it, I feel like it hasn't really. It hasn't really evolved the formula to fit, at least the the console platform, because you still have the like the the beta map is a pretty pretty substantially 
size map, it's and it's played with. We're used to in Modern Warfare too, that's for sure. Certainly. So there's a lot of running. There's a lot of you know transport involved. You know, finding vehicles, which is a staple of the Battlefield series. I find myself really using the sniper rifle a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm the kind of person who's used to using mostly like assault rifles and grenades in any shooter, mm-hmm. and B- Battlefield's no exception. And I'm, uh, just based on this first map alone, it may have just been kind of an unfortunate choice for the beta, but it didn't feel very engaging, and it doesn't feel like it really evolves the whole system of, you know, you play rounds, you unlock things, you rank up. Um, I, I'm I'm fearful that people are expecting a Battlefield 2 renaissance, and so they're just going to get yeah. the, the Battlefield experience with some different weapons. And that's what I've been told, is that, oh, from different previews and so on, well, this is seeming more like Battlefield 2 than uh, the games have in a while, and after hearing your guys' comments and a couple of other friends who are on the uh, PS3 beta, it doesn't seem to be like that at all, and which is disappointing. Battlefield 2 is still one of my most played and favorite games of all time, online or off. It just Absolutely. was a great experience, and I have played every Battlefield game practically, well, almost every single one, a huge fan of the franchise. So for Bad Company 2, I, I mean, ironically, I, such a fan, I really never played the multiplayer in Bad Company 1. I didn't really like it at the time, um, considering it was still... Battlefield 2 fresh in my mind, but I loved the campaign, and the story was fun, um, so I'm interested in that for Bad Company 2, though I have not heard anything about that. I don't even think EA's really said I'm hopeful crap. the story r- maintains the more lighthearted tone of Bad yeah, Company. Yeah, me too. So That was what really defined it. You don't really see any shooters with a, a sense of humor anymore. Mm-hmm. And the multiplayer was worthwhile, if only to be able to take a rocket-propelled grenade and blow apart the building of whatever camper was hiding yeah. out. That was yeah, that is fantastic. the charm of Bad Company. And so and, Until Red Faction came along and <laughs> did, it, did it in even more bravado. I do yeah. wonder, though, how EA is going to handle this, given what we've seen of the new Medal of Honor that's going to be coming out presumably next year. Well, with DICE doing the uh, multiplayer and the new Medal of Honor, that yeah. will be interesting to see definitely if they carry over Battlefield um, staples or EA is going to have DICE just use their talent to do an entirely different system. Hopefully it's not just a clone, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I don't really want to talk too much just yet about Medal of Honor, the the reboot, but based on DICE's pedigree, I think that it's it's probably going to go for larger scale battles, a little bit more deliberate pace, and probably vehicles and uh, squad-based combat more so than Call of Duty. Do you guys think that uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2 has any chance of knocking off Modern Warfare 2 for the time play on uh, for multiplayer shooters? Absolutely not. No. Except for maybe PC. Yeah, I was going to say maybe PC. Possibly PC. It's sold exceptionally well on PC too, even with the boycotts and everything. Yeah. So, it, well, never mind that. Well, look if at this. This really is a return to <coughs> Battlefield Two style gameplay. I think it could re- attract a huge PC audience. It, it's true. I mean, I, the demos for Battlefield games have always been disappointing. Yeah. Except for Battlefield Two, but and nineteen forty three. Yeah, which by the way, if it's like 1943 and it really kind of revitalizes what made the game so fun, it could be a success. Like, I think 1943 was a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. Considering 1943 used the Frostbite engine from Bad Company 1, I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of being... And I guess you get Battlefield 1943 weapons in Bad Company 2 with a pre-order. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm... not expecting Bad Company 2 to dethrone Modern Warfare. I and mean, look at Call of Duty 4, how it has still had a million people online sometimes two years after the fact. Modern Warfare 2 will continue to be the king, but definitely on PC, Bad Company 2 has a chance of, um, with their dedicated server support that DICE came out saying immediately after all of the Modern Warfare 2 controversy, that some clans, communities, and maybe a bigger following will develop on the PC side. But console-wise, don't expect Bad Company to be the most played at all. Yeah, yeah. Just, just thinking if, if there's a kind of a lull for the Halo games right now, and if anybody has the power to push out a game to compete with Modern Warfare 2, it's going to be an EA product. So yeah. that's just my thought process mm-hmm. on it. No, that's, that's a fair assumption, too. Um, yeah. So March, anything? Well, there's God of War 3, obviously, but I don't have a PS3, so I will shut up about that. I know Tyler's excited. 
Oh, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, relatively yeah, speaking. Sure. I mean, I, I I don't know what is going to be my financial situation come March. Uh, I probably well, don't prioritize it over Final Fantasy Thirteen, but I did enjoy the other God of War games, and this this looks excellent. So I, I see no reason why I wouldn't get it. I have put off getting the God of War uh, PS3 collection for the fact that I do not have the money to be buying more games right now. And I fear that pending some huge news, uh, God of War 3 might see a similar choice. Hmm. That's that's rough. I'm, I guess, fortunately for my sake, I'm not a huge God of War fan, so I'm not really feeling compelled to buy the third one. I, uh, I did really like the first one a lot, but the second one just didn't feel um, as well-paced or produced to me, and I didn't really want to finish it. I, the, the, it did improve the combat system, to be fair, but... Um, the the third game is just doing nothing for me, unfortunately. Yeah. It looks like it's a, a, a very well-put-together production in its defense. I suppose I could say something, considering I did get to play the demo of 3. Um, oh, my, you did? My friend, yeah, he pre-ordered the District 9 Blu-ray, and so he got access to the demo. Um, and I tried it, and it's the same demo that was going around the conventions and earlier this year, so it's not like anything new was seen, but... I I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised how fun it was to play that same exact game again while I was uh, criticizing it earlier in the year, saying, ah, it just looks like the same God of War 2. Meh. I, I mean, that, I admit that was my stance. But after playing, they really have done a good job of making it even more fun. And it's kind of like sitting down with an old friend again and... I definitely was never the biggest God of War fan on the PlayStation 2. I played both games, but um, I, if I had a PlayStation 3, I probably would be picking up God of War 3. Even if it just seems like more of the same, it's still quality, and it was still a lot more fun than I was expecting. It still has a level of presentation you don't see in a lot of games. And yeah. The subject, yeah. subject matter is definitely a, a bit outside of gaming cliches. It's interesting, and it's definitely a good series. It's just, it's one I've never really felt compelled to, to play right away or to own. Yeah, and, and truth be told, for as much as I have enjoyed the stories, like, it really isn't all that important to me what happens to Kratos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, 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 He's pretty one-dimensional. I'm just very impressed how um, Sony's Santa, uh, Santa Monica studio continues to just have that presentation, that level of polish in uh, God of War games. They do a fantastic job, and I mean, aside from Warhawk in conjunction with Incognito, they really, well, I guess the PSP God of War, I mean, that's really been their games. That's what they've done, and they do them very well, and they are platform-defining titles for the PlayStation. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to run out and buy a PlayStation 3 just for God of War 3. It is. It might, it might be a weird comparison, but it actually kind of reminds me of the James Bond franchise in a way, in that even though each of the games are still linked by story, the actual pr- people helming the game, uh, the teams, there might be some overlap, but there's been a new head guy for each of the games. And I feel like each with each game, we've seen some fresh ideas and some fresh blood injected into the series, which is not something you always see with uh, franchise games like that. Mm-hmm. I think true. it could actually make for an interesting trend in games if we start seeing that, especially on, on the episodic front. Could you if, imagine you know, seeing a, a Mario game, though, helmed by anyone but Miyamoto? Or like well, a, no. There are obviously some exceptions. <laughs> I mean, well, he, yeah. he passed the helm off a while ago, and every game since then has been A.G. Onuma. Yeah. Well, even Ocarina of Time was mostly him. But yeah, um, but yeah that's I think that's a good comparison with um, James Bond, and it's kind of it might be happening with Bioshock, considering Ken Levine was huge. Uh, you know that team was working on one. Granted, it switched development studios, but um, for the sequel. But you know, I, I think it's good to get different perspectives on a series, especially ones that are very important or big blockbuster titles. I'm still kind of surprised that we're going to see Bioshock Two before we even hear about what Irrational is currently working on. Yeah, that they've been really quiet mm-hmm. about. Go that. Freedom Force. When they I want another Freedom Force game. I'm sorry, I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty I fun. Know. I just I picked them up. I picked up the the two pack on Steam. They're very for like dated, six but they were very good for their it's time. It's still good. So by now we're to the end of really quarter three. You know, the first three months of the year. 
Anything in April or May confirmed? Or That'd be Q1, though. Loading? Before we, before <laughs> before we jump one, ahead, sorry. before uh, we jump ahead, we haven't talked about uh, Just Cause 2, and I just wanted to say that... Oh, God. <laughs> it's coming out. You guys That's would have a it. blast with the first one. It's super buggy. It has a terrible story, but the things you can Buy do... Now. Are just so They're just so fun and outlandish to do. So and is it kind of like God Hand, then? Yes. It is like God Hand hmm. in, like... Central America. You now have me slightly interested. <laughs> what? It doesn't play anything like God Hand. No, I'm talking about the ridiculousness, not the combat. <laughs> Just Cause is is what if Grand Theft Auto threw <laughs> logic to the wind and allowed you to use a grappling hook and a parachute in ways that do not make sense. San Andreas? It's like it's it's, it's kind of that vibe, yeah. I, I had a blast with Just Cause and Would you say it's more fun working. than Saints Row too? It's a different kind of fun. It's it's popcorn fun. Saints Row Two is is also well, popcorn. That fun? was like popcorn fun, right, but, but with you your play balls it for out a long in the time. popcorn. I mean, it was just Ew. so yeah, <laughs> so over the top yeah. and disgusting. That was what it was going for. I, I just I'm just saying, Just Cause Two could could shape up to be a pretty substantially entertaining game. It 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 may be very unrefined, like a pandemic game, but it'll be at least at least worth a rental. And then we felt sorry for Command and Conquer Four coming out in March. I just don't care about that <laughs> series. So, but for the rest of, uh, well, I guess April, the only game I could see as far as now a confirmed release date um, for April, Red Dead Redemption. I am absolutely stoked for that, based on the most recent trailer. I never played Red Dead Revolver, but I am waiting to play a game that is an entirely different setting I haven't played before, because I never played a Western title, I've never played the Call of Juarez games or any anything else, so to me it's fresh, and hey, I Nick. enjoy the the film. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I was just going to see if you guys got a Johnny Klebitz vibe from uh, John Marston from the Red Dead Redemption trailer. Oh yeah, a fair bit, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really think of it, but... Um, but I'm... As I was saying, just um, excited to play an entirely different scenario for even if you're doing the same thing of killing and stealing and blowing mm-hmm. crap up. Um, a Western has a lot of style and substance, and the film um, genre you know, has its ups and downs. But I think Rockstar is one of the only more qualified developers to kind of put their own unique flavor into that idea of a Western. And just based on the trailers alone, with the way the characters, the voice acting, the animations, everything, I'm I'm honestly just looking to to buy into the hype and wait for it to come out in April. I think I the big problem that though is that if you look at games like Gun the huge pitfall you're going to fall in with an open-world Western game is the possibility that you're going to have a lot of open space with not well, a lot of crap that's to a do. fair worry, but look, Rockstar, I mean, it's not necessarily the they Rockstar Grand Theft Auto developer doing it, but yeah, it is Rockstar. They have way more experience than the gun developers did, which was, wasn't that Neversoft? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Yeah, and that wasn't any good. You know. It was okay. It was kind of stupid fun, and it had some very interesting choices to do, but... It was an interesting game. I watched one of my friends and roommates play a lot of it. I've, I've, I haven't seen this newest trailer, but I've heard a lot about the development for Red Dead, and I'm really interested in, in seeing how it turns out, because seeing Rockstar put a lot of their creative might behind this Western idea would be... It, it presents an interesting, interesting possibility, to me, at least. I'd say that Rockstar is one of the only developers that can, that can really sell people on a trailer. They know exactly Definitely. what they're doing. Like, Gay Tony was marketed so well with those trailers, with the music, with the, the use of character and dialogue. And I think that this this most recent trailer for Red Dead Redemption had this perfect spaghetti western sort of Sergio Leone mm-hmm. feel and theme to it. The, the voices are great. It, it, it just looks... They really know how to make it look like they're promising something really substantial. And because Wild Arms doesn't count, I've never played a <laughs> western game either. So I'm actually really excited to see if it ends up being uh, worth owning. And then... What do we have for the rest of the year? There's a lot there, but... Um, it's all unconfirmed. It's all unconfirmed, so... That's true. Um, Kid Icarus. <laughs> what? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Boo this man. Boo. Boo this man. Yeah, there, there's a lot left to come out for the rest of the year, but uh, as far as quarter one, we pretty much have... We have the most solid release dates. Nothing else is really set in stone. What I find which, surprising is there's not a single portable game on the list. 
we've seen a lot of momentum with the PSP towards the end of the year. The DS has seemingly run dry. I mean, we got Spirit Tracks coming out, and you had Bowser and Scribblenauts, but the DS has been a pretty dry well this year, and we don't it really has. see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't really look at the portable list because I I have not done any portable gaming in a long time, and I regret that, but considering how many games have come out this year on the consoles and how many are coming out next year, the priorities, unfortunately, are skewing towards the console side for me. Same. Unless I, I pirate using... things, which I'm not admitting yeah. to, and I have not done for handheld consoles, so... But um, unless I was to do that, I'm not probably going to be playing any portable games in the near future. Yeah, my DS is basically a dedicated Japanese dictionary right now. It's kind of sad, but it's... Hey, it's, it's getting a right use. Now. If That's you guys true. want true. perspective on what I'm doing with my DS, it has Picross back in it. So this is like the second <laughs> year in a row where I've had nothing but Picross in there. I remember that last year. Yep. It's so good. And my iPod Touch is still probably my most used handheld device. Yeah, my iPhone gets a lot of play, actually. If oh, I yeah, could I actually pimp something regarding the iPhone games right now, uh, there's currently an event going on called the App Event Calendar. Which is oh, like nice. an advent calendar for Christmas where you check off each day until Christmas. Well, this is a free iPhone game every day of December. Oh, really? Yeah, if you just go to like adventcalendar.com. And they they haven't been huge games. My favorite so far has been this puzzle game that it's a pretty simple art style, but it's very fun. It's like, I think it's called Totemo. It's hmm. Nice. And then... uh. I mean, it's it's all. Some of it's been kind of stupid fare, but it's it's, it's free. Also, Thirty cool. Third uh, Division is another pretty fun uh, line drawing game, similar to uh, the Airport One and Harbor Master. Uh, God, what was the airport? Oh, cool. Flight Control. Uh, flight, flight Control. control yeah. Control. Those are both great. But well, I, all right. I'm looking forward to. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies on the iPhone when that finally comes Me out. Too. Oh god! Out this month. Can't wait. Can't wait. Eh. Popcap has a knack for making me buy games two or three times. Yep. Well, it's we've uh, now that we've gotten through all that, we've even just talking about the first quarter of games. We've spent fifty something minutes talking about that. There's a lot there to digest. And I guess we, we just got to hope that we all find some way to pay for them. Hopefully. Yeah, let's oh, hope we all find work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay, well, let's wrap it up then. All right. Good discussion, guys. I think uh, that was a pretty fair uh, cross-section of what to expect. Definitely. I concur. I'll start counting my pennies now for Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Start counting your kidneys. That's why you ask for gift cards. All right, Aaron, do you want to lead us out with the, the, the booming voice? <laughs> Saying what? I don't know. Wait, wait, what booming voice, though? This has been your look into the future, all the way to the year 3000. <laughs> the year 2010. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, guys.